0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic concede six as they kick off their trip to Japan with a defeat. Michael Beale talks transfers after their loss to Newcastle and Partick Thistle are amongst the winners in last night's League Cup group stages. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Marvin Bartley. It never stops, does it, Scottish football? You know, the, the League Cup action yesterday and then, you know, speaking about the Rangers v Newcastle game, which you know, I managed to catch some of that, kind of the highlights and then obviously Celtic playing today as well and hearing they conceded six goals but scored four um, in a very difficult friendly, obviously, you know, with their opponents being so far through their season. But listen, it's, it's all systems go, isn't it? And we can't wait for the season to start. Nice to have the football back. Yeah, oh, honestly, it's been it's been brilliant competitive football at that as well. But even the friendlies, I was taking that after having, you know, four or five week break during the summer. So no, having it back makes things a lot, lot easier for me. We'll get into it a bit more later on. You were talking about the Celtic game being dramatic. Lots of goals you had that yourself <laughs> last night. Yeah, it's a lot easier watching it when it's another team, though, scoring or conceding those goals, isn't it? Um, but yeah, 3-3 draw with Motherwell, so... You know, I think for the neutral, it was a fantastic game to watch, not so much for myself and my heart rate. Well, let's hear from you. Loads of action to get our teeth into. Celtic fans, what did you make of that 6-4 defeat to Yokohama F. Marinos earlier on today? I'm sure plenty of you watched it. Rangers fans, I'm sure many of you went along to that friendly defeat to Newcastle last night. Alan McGregor's testimonial as well. I'm sure you've got something to say on that game. And of course, loads of teams in League Cup action last night. Lots of interesting results as well. So maybe your team was in action and you want to talk to us about it 0141 951 1025 is the number you need or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and with the competitive stuff underway for a lot of teams it's now really starting to crank up for the likes of Celtic and Rangers and Aberdeen and Hibs and Hearts who will be in competitive action soon Yeah exactly you know heading into kind of the European competitions whether it's the qualifiers or waiting to see you know what competition they'll be in etc so yeah you know those teams will be flying the flag for us in Europe so I always say the same thing I support every single one of them when they are playing in Europe because it's important for us as a country and you know moving the football forward but yeah those teams are starting to crank it up now you know they're trying to finalize their transfers coming in and you know the managers are trying to get rid of their style of plays over especially with you know Michael Bill having his first pre-season and Brendan Rodgers coming back into the building at Celtic as well. I'm sure we'll get a lot of opinions tonight on Celtic's game today and Rangers game last night and a lot of people you know really looking in depth at what they saw from their teams and from the players and from the managers in terms of formations will the managers be viewing it as a good run out for fitness and just looking at things that they can add here and there yeah is it more than supporters who maybe look at the result and things like that yeah no exactly listen I look at Arsenal's results and I think what's going on there you know as a supporter but you know looking at it from a manager's point of view it's it's about getting fitness into players legs and like I said, they'll probably be working on certain things in training that they want to see if the players can implement in matches. But I read nothing into the scores. You know, friendlies aren't important. It means absolutely nothing. You know, Brendan Rodgers and, and Celtic, if they're fully flying in the season, then they don't lose that game 6-4, let's be honest. You know, and you, you never know what training sessions players are doing leading into that as well. So, yeah, I don't read too much into it at all. It's about players, you know, getting their fitness levels up and coming out injury-free. That is the intrigue as well, because with Brendan Rodgers coming in, a lot of Celtic fans will be comparing his style first time round to what they saw today and what they're going to see going forward. And Rangers fans will be interested to see what changes Michael Beale has been making over the summer with his new additions and what they're going to look like this season. Yeah, so in, in terms of Celtic, yeah, Brendan Rodgers will come with his own style, which will be different probably to the style he had last time. And 
you know, different to Ange's uh, style of last season. But it will take time for him to implement that. You know, they've got some very, very good players there, no doubt about it. But it will take him time. You, you have to give him time to do so. Um, you know, especially these friendlies. So as I said, you know, six four defeat doesn't doesn't mean anything at all. Michael Bill obviously is slightly different. Um, you know, he had Rangers at the back end of last season and he was really working on the transfers and, you know, what he wanted to implement into that team and he'll be further along than Brendan Rodgers at this moment in time. And he'll still be tweaking things as well, you know, because they're both top managers who want to keep evolving in, in, in what they do and what their teams are doing. So Michael Bill won't sit still and be like, Right, they're doing exactly what I want now. We'll still be trying to tweak it, you know, week by week, day by day. One player that will be happy with their performance for Celtic, starting off with that game, is Dyson Maeda, who, you know, has scored goals for Celtic. You maybe wouldn't say he's the most prolific player, but he was playing through the middle today. Three goals, a first half hat trick. That's exactly what a player wants, a forward player wants in a pre season game. Yeah, and exactly what a manager wants. And, and, you know, on one hand, I'm saying there that friendlies aren't important, you know, to managers in results, but for players, they're important when you're scoring goals, definitely, because, you know, he'll be a lot more confident now. As you said, you know, playing through the middle where we know he can play. And, you know, when he first came to Scotland, that's where we thought he was going to play or get an opportunity to play. But, you know, scoring a hat-trick in front of the new manager, there's no better way to introduce yourself than that. So, you know, he's someone who we send play up front for, for Japan. Um, and he's, he's got the capabilities to definitely do so and add a different dimension to Celtic as well. Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number you need to get in touch. Ken is first up, a Celtic fan in Canvas Lang. Ken, what did you make of the game today? Well, I mean, wait, Marvin, I don't, I don't look at the scoreline because, you know, it's trying out some certain things, you know what I mean? But I think it showed that defensively, we still need, we still need more solid defenders in there. Whether it be we get another centre-back in or we get a, a right-back and a left-back who can play left or right uh, centre as well just to, to, to add more, more depth in the squad and to, to shore up the defence. Maybe another keeper in to push Joe Hacks. I don't think Bain or Seagrass are going to do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. also, further up the field, I think as a squad player, having El Yunusi coming back in would be a good thing. I mean, he's, he did well with, for us before in Europe, just as Jot had done. And he knows the club, he knows the manager. The fans know him, we know what we're going to get from him. And as a squad player, I think he would be a fantastic ad as well. But this guy, Tom... The new guy, he, I know he was training in Japan, but he, he didn't play. Whether that's a fitness thing, I don't know. But hopefully, Brendan will use the next game to try out guys like him and see how they're going, how, what their fitness levels are like. Yeah, Odin Thiago Holmes really the only signing so far that, that could make their debut just based on fitness levels. Maybe he's not quite up to speed yet. But Ken talked first of all about, you know, maybe the team needing some work defensively, whether that's in terms of system or in terms of personnel. And people will read into the fact that Celtic conceded six goals today. There's an obvious caveat that it's a pre-season friendly. Brendan Rodgers talking afterwards about the conditions. You know, it's a long trip over there. It was warm. Uh, Yokohama as well are three quarters of the way through their season. So they're at a different fitness level, but there were individual mistakes. And that's something that Brendan Rodgers will need to look at going forward. Yeah, there's a lot of factors into kind of the result. And like you said there, you know, that Brendan has spoken about. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're individual mistakes that players do make after having a long flight and getting used to temperatures, etc. And obviously, you know, also training out there. So they might be slightly drained as well and the time difference and stuff. So 
listen, there are things that they will eradicate. You know, those players aren't going to make those individual mistakes when Celtic are, you know, fully flying when the league uh, campaign starts or they start in Europe, you know. And Brendan Rodgers knows that. You'd be a lot more worried if, you know, your defensive line where two were dropping off and two were running forward and all these sorts of things were happening. Individual mistakes, you know, when the players do get up to speed, um, you know, they'll eradicate those mistakes um, but at this moment in time you're kind of like let's get through it injury free Brendan will look at it the players will look at it and, and they'll learn from it There was no Cameron Carter-Vickers again today of course he had that operation towards the end of last season missed the last four or five games of the season where Celtic did look shaky defensively when he was out the team that happens sometimes with teams if they maybe do have that leader in defence that the defence is built around that they just don't look as stable when that piece is taken out is that something that Brendan Rodgers maybe needs to look at because if they're not as good or as solid with Cameron Carter Vickers not there, can you run the risk of you know him maybe picking up an injury and it having a, a knock on effect? Yeah, but there's no team that's going to be as good without him. That you know that then that's the simple fact. You know Cameron Carter Vickers is a top top quality defender, so if he goes out of any team, you're going to look weaker. So I don't think Brendan can look at it and be like, right, if he's injured, what are we going to do? It's up to the other players to step forward. You know your opportunity will come through injuries, whether it's to to Cameron Carter Vickers or anybody else. But you know if if he could have two. Um, of him than he would you know like literally I think anybody would but but he can't so it's up to the other players when he isn't there to step up and you know really show that they can do it but as I said at this moment in time because it's a pre-season friendly he won't be too worried about that and, and, and you know kind of forcing that home but yes when the league games come there'll be no excuses from Celtic there'll be no excuses from Brendan Rodgers whether Cameron Carter-Vickers is playing or not he will expect a solid defensive display Ken's point on Mohamed El Yunusi it's a name that's come up a few times on the show this summer I think it's an obvious link because he's been at Celtic before when Brendan Rodgers was there Mm -hmm. he was successful he's now a free agent as well I think he's been asked the question when he was on international duty about returning to Celtic is that one you could see happening if you think it was going to happen would it have maybe happened by now just given the fact he's not got a club no I, listen, I think it would be an option um, and definitely yeah, for Brendan Rodgers because if he is looking to strengthen in that area um, am I surprised it's not happened by now or do I think because it's not happened by now it's not going to happen no you know with, with someone being away on international duty and anything else they're probably concentrating on that um, but Brendan Rodgers will have a, a lot of players in that area I imagine that he is looking at um, and looking to add and sometimes they say it's probably best not to return you know to somewhere you've been and you looked at as kind of a legend or a player who's done extremely well there so listen Brendan Rodgers will know exactly what he's doing and know exactly what he wants um, and you know he'll be getting those kind of pieces in place Ken is it giving you more of a picture of what you're going to expect from a Brendan Rodgers Celtic side this season not really because as uh, you say you know Tom was the only recent signing that is able to play to, to show us what he can do. So I don't think it shows us the, the setup he's going to he's actually going to go with. I mean, we we pre season. You can learn a lot more just from more than just new players coming in, though, in terms of you know formations and systems and how Celtic set up. Did you see any differences I mean, look, today? I mean, my of playing as a as a striker. I mean, getting his hat trick, fantastic, yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, but we'll still need another striker, I think, for the European push. The um, I thought that the midfield did okay, and I'm glad that Abada was was playing again because I think he will hopefully stay. You know, because he showed last season what he can do coming in from that the right, and I just would like that to to stay. You know, but I think. The defence is going to be the one that really needs to be changed, uh, as I said before. But with Brendan Rodgers, we're quite happy. 
he's 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 done a lot for us in the past, and we're going to trust in his judgment. And but I don't think the starting lineup yesterday will be the starting lineup in the the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, Tomoki Awata started that right back, which is not something that you'd expect Brendan Rodgers to be doing when everyone's fit. So there were some makeshift elements to it as well. But Brendan Rodgers will need to try things out because this is a squad full of players that he's never really worked with before. Yeah, exactly. And that's what pre-season's for. And like you said, it's needs must at time. You know, will he play right back in, in, in games? I doubt it. You know, but Brendan Rodgers might think, well, it might be an emergency there. I might need to be able to see what other players can do. And that's what pre-season friends, as I just said there, that's what they're for, to try different things out, to try different formations, different ways of playing. Because, you know, you want to learn about your players. You want to learn what they can and can't do. You want to learn if I need to change the system, whether it be in Europe or in, in a massive game in the league. Can I do it? And can these players, you know, adapt to that? So that's what it's for. That's what he'll use it for. Listen, you don't win any points by winning preseason games for going through undefeated, for not conceding any goals. So, you know, try these things out. And when it gets to the league, as I said, you know, who knows best 11 and who know the best system for them. Ken's point on Abada and wanting to keep a hold of him. He'd been a player that, you know, had been linked with moves to a few clubs, I think, towards the end of last season. But with Celtic losing one goal-scoring winger in Jota, Brendan Rodgers, you'd think, would be desperate to keep a hold of Abada, who's able to do that from the other side, although obviously different players. Yeah, I, I th- you know, I, I, if I had to make a guess, I would think they're only going to lose one of the two. You know, And obviously, like you said, Jota's gone already, so I can't see them letting Abada out of the building unless it's a ridiculous offer, You know, something that the club don't want to turn down because they believe his valuation's been met or it's gone above his valuation. So I think in terms of building a team, you know, he's going to have a more of an opportunity to play now because they're, you know, a winger down kind of thing. He's a year on in terms of his experience, but he's a fantastic young player. Let's be honest, you know, he, he comes up with some massive, massive goals for them. Well, thank you to Ken. 01419511025 on the phones if you want to be up next or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. And let's go. Let's stick with the phones, actually, because Kevin is a Celtic fan in Motherwell. Kevin, what did you make of the game today? How are you doing, Ori? Um, well, listen, it's just pre-season, so I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not panicking, but as I said to you last night on the phone, it's, uh, it's still more acceptable to concede six goals in pre-season at, at, at any level. I know that that team are flying and they're three quarters of the way through the, 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 the season or whatever, but we had a, we had a, a familiar side out in that first half. Uh, we conceded a couple of goals, and we just no. I just can't. There's no excuse for it. You shouldn't concede six goals against any team. Never mind a, a, a team from Japan. Even though they are, they are good, it's still quite embarrassing. But I think it just highlights that we, from what I see in the goals and the highlights, is that we really need another keeper. Because although Joe Hart's been a good servant, it's. Um, it's just truly a, a bad mistake, and uh, we need another centre half at least, and we could do and we could maybe another right back to cover for Alistair Johnston as well. Yeah, I think whenever you can see goals on Kevin's saying it's embarrassing there, but will a manager look at it as just looking at the ways they were exposed, and then we'll hope to sort of build around that and work out exactly what went wrong and then hope that you know it'll be a big learning experience for Brendan Rodgers it'll be a learning experience for everybody because you know they, they'll look over it most definitely and you know and have a group meeting or a defensive meeting whatever it might be like a unit meeting and say these are the goals we concede and you might say to the players throw it back at them you know why have we done this but you know Kevin makes a great point there's a lot of factors and one of the biggest one is 
is that that team was you know three quarters away through their season. You know, Celtic how long they've been in preseason two weeks, just over two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the other side of the world. It's boiling hot. Just as a manager, how much of a difference does that make if you are a team that is you know very early on in preseason coming up against a team that's you know been going at it a few months? Is it a, a real big difference? It's yeah. a massive difference. You know, I can't. Even, I'm not making excuses by the way. I can't even explain how big a difference it is. Honestly, you know, you know from a player's point of view, how many times do you see players that actually miss preseason? And they come in and it takes them four or five months to even get up to speed in a, you know, domestically kind of thing, you know, let alone that. They, 11 players of their players are in the, you know, middle of their season, wherever, however far they are into it. And a certain players are just trying to get up to speed whilst having a flight, whilst being in extreme temperatures. It'll be hard enough for Celtic to play in those temperatures, you know, even if they were in the middle of, you know, the season here. So... Listen, as I said, no, conceding six goals, is Brendan Rodgers going to be like this acceptable? No, of course he's not. But, you know, that's a massive, massive factor. And as I said, I'm not making excuses for the players, but it, it, it's massive in football, you know, when another team is so far ahead of you. Yeah, Kevin, there was obviously no Cameron Carter-Vickers. There was no Alistair Johnson as well, two of them out injured at the moment. Do you still feel with the return of those players to come that Celtic do need, you know, more quality at the back? Uh, 100% and I actually I take back with what I said uh, we don't need one centre half we need two because when big uh, Carter Vickers comes back it's going to take him a wee while to go up to speed you know, you know what I mean he's been injured for a long time um, but we, we definitely need we definitely need players in and I, I know that the board I trust that the board and Brendan are, are looking hard um, at bringing these guys in but we need cover for Alistair Johnson that, that's that, that's apparent because Ralston's form fell off a cliff when he came back into the side. He looks back to where he was when he joined St Johnston on loan. Um, but maybe that's just because he's not been with a lot of football or whatever, but it's just the truth of the matter. That's just the way he's been playing. And you can't eat. Kobayashi, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's only played a handful of games, but but you can tell in... Um, as Matt Wilson and the guys in the, the guys that have played for but they'll know you, you can just tell if a player's got it or not and that guy's just no got it at this level so we, we need a couple of centre-halves in because the season's just in the corner we know we're automatically in the group stages but we want to try and fight for for place in the group at least if we get a good draw we want to at least try and stay in Europe after Christmas and if, you, if you've got to do that you're going to have to defend Fans will make snap judgments on players after one game because that's what it is like to be a supporter. But how is it looked at? I know all managers are different, but how do you look at it as a manager if it is, you know, the first proper competitive pre-season friendly that that's been played? Do you give players the benefit of the doubt, given the factors that we've talked about? One hundred percent. You have to. You actually have to. And as I said, we know we don't know how much training these players have even done. You know, they might have been doing double session leading up to this game because it's not about the result. You know, there's a, as I said before, there's a science behind what they are doing. You know, to so be ready for that first league game, the first competitive game. That's the important word right now. Competitive. This these games aren't competitive. Do they want to win the friendlies? Of course they do. But, you know, that they have to get their players up to speed. You know, and it just seems that players are written off so, so quickly nowadays, aren't they? It's <laughs> Who'd want to be a professional footballer? <laughs> well, thank you to Kevin. You could be up next. Give us a call 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley with me, Andrew McLean in the studio for tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And we want you to join us as well. 01419511025. Rangers fans, maybe you have some thoughts on that match against Newcastle last night. A few players that you would have seen in the flesh for the first time. So I wonder what you made of them, what you made of Michael Beale's team. Give us a call. 1025 1025. It was, of course, Al McGregor's testimonial as well. It was a sellout. The Newcastle fans had a full stand as well. It's quite a, an atmosphere for a pre-season friendly. No, exactly. Two two massive clubs, wasn't it? You know, Newcastle on the back of the season that they had. Listen, they're always followed well anyway. But um, you know, like you said, selling out that whole stand, and you know, it was a fitting kind of end to somebody's career. You know, at, at a massive football club, and obviously Alan McGregor getting the round of applause at the end of a standing ovation, rather. That, that he deserves um, but you know in terms of the game it was competitive enough um, it wasn't played like a testimonial at times you know people were actually going at it and you know I suppose that's what you get isn't it when you know you've got players or new players coming into a football club and then Newcastle are going to go into the Champions League they know every minute in pre-season those players that they need to impress their manager and the same with the Rangers players because Michael Bill's still looking to add to his squad um, so you know if you get an opportunity in the pre-season game you have to be at it um, so yeah no, it was, it was a really really good game It's quite a weird dynamic mixing the two because it is you know as a pre-season friendly it's a vital part of Rangers preparation for the season ahead and Newcastle's preparation for the season ahead but also you know honouring Al McGregor who wouldn't have done any training over the summer at all but I suppose it's easier for a goalkeeper you're not chucking in an outfield player who's been on holiday all summer. Yeah, exactly. I think I saw some pictures of him training in the last couple of days. He was... I think he went in the day before to do some <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, no, listen, like you said, you know, you're throwing somebody in goal. It's, it is slightly different. Um, you know, I'm sure the break probably did him well. You know, um, you won't mind me mentioning him. He's obviously coming towards the latter end of his footballing days. Um, so, you know, that rest would have probably allowed his bones to settle down a bit after a long season last season. But as I said, you know, two big clubs going at it and having a sellout for that testimonial was, was a fitting tribute. Well, Rangers fans, let's hear from you. 01419511025. But before that, let's hear a bit from Michael Beale. He says he was pleased with his team's performance despite the defeat and paid tribute to Alan McGregor as well. Fantastic uh, night for Alan McGregor. I think there's one other goalkeeper where the great debate will go on in many bars and many households for years to come. All I would say is he's a modern day legend. He's got a highlights reel for the ages and he's been fantastic for me. I thought it was a, a top, top pre-season game. We've gone from playing a, a third division Bundesliga team uh, behind closed doors to coming here tonight and playing at Ibrox in a packed game and it was a real game. Uh, but that game gives us a lot of feedback. I think it will make training real because now you've played against a real team. There's no point playing uh, lesser opponents. So we've tried to pick really strong competitive opponents throughout pre-season to make the games real, to help us prepare. We're still a month away uh, from the kickoff. Is that the big word there, feedback? There's a lot that Michael Beale and his staff will be looking into and you know analysing from that game that they can take forward on pre-season. Yeah, and feedback works both ways, you know, also from the players, because Michael Beale might be asking the players to do certain things and they've realised maybe in that game that it's best, they're better suited to doing it a different way. You know, you have to have an open relationship with your players because, yes, as a coach and a manager, you might have your own ideas, but if the players can't go and execute that on the pitch or they find a better way of executing it, then you take that on board as well. But, yeah, listen, you know, he would have had plans for the way he wanted his team to play, um, certain things he wanted his players to do. They'd have gone through that in training and, you know, he would have wanted to see it in the match. And like he said, it's a real game because you're playing against somebody who's who's qualified for the Champions League, who, you know, have been absolutely fantastic last season and finishing so high in the Premier League. So for them, it made it real. And, 
you know, there'd be things that he's seen there that are positive for Rangers and there'd be things that they can improve as well. I think it was around the 37th minute that Alan McGregor was substituted off. Jack Butland came on, both players wearing the number one shirt as well. But Alan <laughs> McGregor had, you know, quite a few words in the ear of Jack Butland as he made his way onto the pitch for his Ibrox debut. It did seem like quite a passing of the guard, didn't it, between the two? Yeah, and listen, a massive amount of respect to do that as well because, you know, it'd have been easy for, for Alan to be really emotional and, and kind of get caught up in the moment and just, you know, head off the pitch. But it's obviously something you thought about, um, you know, and he wants the best for that football club. And, and in order for that football club to be at the top of kind of the game is is for Jack Butland to go out there and do really, really well as well in his season um, that's coming up. So, no... Listen, fantastic, and it shows a maturity. It shows, listen, he would have been hurt, you know, when he knew he was leaving the football club. But as I said, he wants the best for the football club. He wants the best for Jack Butland as a goalkeeper, and he understands the pressure. Who, who better else than him to, you know, say to you, listen, these are some of the things you should expect. But he probably said to him, listen, just go out there and enjoy it. You've been brought here for a reason. Go out there and flourish it. And this is what Rangers Football Club are about. You know, you're playing in front of sellouts every other week. It would have been a big moment for Jack Butland, the whole experience because he'll have seen the reception that Alan McGregor got, there was a big TFO behind one of the goals that had Alan McGregor's face in it, you know that's a, a guy that's looked at by Rangers fans as a legend and he's watching all this unfold and realising right, the, these are the gloves I need to fill this is the, the reputation that he needs to live up to now. No, not only that he, the first time he probably realised the size of the football club because you know, obviously being from England myself, you don't realise how big Celtic and Rangers are. You you have no idea until you come up here. You have no idea about the passion. And I always say this: it's like the further north you go in England, the more passionate the fans are. And then you come to Scotland, it's in a whole different league. And that probably be for the first time, even as a pre-season friendly, probably sat there and thought, "Wow, like th- this is real now." You know, you can look at all the things you want on YouTube. You can be advised by people who have been up here but until you're actually you know in the heat of the battle up here and you actually realize the size of these football clubs and talking about rangers now the size of rangers you know that was probably the first time it dawned on him yesterday and it was something he want to thrive under and thrive in because i remember having a conversation with a former old firm manager who had moved down to england that was saying that after he'd left the club i think they'd had a three o'clock kickoff on a saturday there was a a game between Celtic and Rangers that was at a 12 o'clock or a half 12 kickoff, and he'd gone into the canteen when the players were having lunch before the game fully expecting them all to be sitting there eyes glued to the tv watching this game with intrigue and he said it wasn't even on the tv none of the players were interested in it and it's maybe that thing that sometimes gets lost up here that yes there will be an interest and there is a wider interest of course as well but sometimes there are players out there that just maybe aren't as clued up on you know how how seriously we take it up here. Yeah, not only that, there's probably some players that don't actually like football, so that's the reason they're not watching it. But more for them, like like I said, you know, because, yeah, they, they'll have no idea how big the, these football clubs are. They'll just know ourselves to call Rangers, but the actual size of these football clubs and the following that they do have and the passion of, of all the fans in Scotland, by the way, not only those two, you know, of all the other clubs as well, the passion up here and, you know, how fiercely they protect you as well when you're one of their own, you know, one of their own players... Um, and you know you've seen Cantwell come up here and, and now Butland come up here and you know they're two boys from England that'll be like wow this is this is real you know this is what I want to be a part of well, Let's hear a bit more from Michael Beale he's been talking about that they're hoping to complete the signing of LAFC midfielder Jose Sifuentes and they're also looking at various striker options including Danilo as well Danilo's a player that we like I think a lot of people like him he's not the only uh, forward we're talking to that's the one that seems to have been um, let out but there's no news on it Sifuentes is a, again a player that we like and we're hoping that that one can be one that we moved on I think we need to bring one more midfielder in he's powerful he works the corridor but until he's here uh, these things can, can, and take, can take a twist and a turn 
I think it's maybe quite clear in the way that he talked about both players quite differently that he maybe feels a lot more confident of the Sifuentes deal going through. Yeah, I think even the fact that he's, he did you know, speak about both of them and he didn't just dismiss either of them, I think he's probably quite quietly confident that they'll both go through. But no, I agree with you. you know, I think one's definitely further down the line than the other. Um, it's obviously a player that he's been chasing for a while. Is is someone that he would have watched over and over again, and his profile obviously, you know, will fit into the way that Michael Bill wants to play at Rangers, and he, he adds something different. As he said, he's a, he's a powerful midfielder. Um, you know, who when he says work the corridor, I imagine he you know work in kind of the pockets, and you know he'll drive forward with the ball, with and without the ball. So it's something that he wants to add. Um, I think they'll be very close to that one. Something that people have been speaking about for a little while now, and obviously he's confident that it's going to happen. And as I said, he's going to add to that kind of that midfield area. If Sifuentes gets over the line and another striker, whether that's Danilo or whether it's another striker, one of the ones that Michael Beale says they're looking at, that would be signings eight. And nine, that is, it's a huge squad overhaul, isn't it? It, it is. And, you know, he, he said really, really earlier into his tenure at Rangers that there would be an overhaul and, and he's stuck true to his word. You know, there's no point coming in and, you know, making one or two changes. Then you get to the start of next season or the season coming up and you think, well, why don't I make more changes? You have to go with your gut. You know, he would have known some of these players already. He would, have, I imagine, watched all the games that Rangers have played this season. Then he's had the back end of last season to really assess and really judge them. And I don't just mean, you know, Saturday at three o'clock. I mean in training, you know, how they are on the training pitch, how they are away from the football club as well, which is massively important. You know, he speaks about culture a lot. Do they fit into the way that he wants to do things? Do they have the work ethic that he wants from his Rangers players on a day-to-day basis? And then, you know, you add to that on top. And listen, does it bring extra pressure? Of course it does. But, you know, Michael Bills at Rangers, he understands the pressure of it and, and he hopes to thrive underneath it. You know, it's, it's a pressure that you enjoy football, isn't it? It's totally different to any other pressure in life. It's, it's a pressure in football. When you, when you have that pressure, you want to enjoy, you want to thrive under it and you want to succeed. Well, let's hear from your Rangers fans. 01419511025. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. Of course, there were loads of League Cup games last night as well. Maybe we're along seeing your team. We want to hear from you. 01419511025. Just on that clip we heard from Michael Beale talking about Danilo. And it's a player that, you know, the story has been out there publicly that Rangers have been chasing him for a while. But Michael Beale saying, you know, he's, he's not the only striker. And it's important for managers to have those backup plans. If Danilo is the, their number one target for the next striker they want to bring in. That we don't work behind the scenes to make sure that if they can't get that one over the line, that they've got option B, option C, yeah. and so on. Yeah, definitely. Any manager worth their salt has to do that. You know, you see, you know, far too often we used to see that teams would either lose a player, then all, all of a sudden they'd be like, well, what do we do now? Or they'll go for a player, they'll chase him you know, to the 11th hour and then he'll go elsewhere and they'll be like, wow, now we're stuck. There's no way that Michael Bill's going to be caught up in that. You know, yes, he has his number one target. Yes, you know, I imagine he is the one that he wants to bring in. But if he doesn't manage to bring him in, like you said, he'll have other options and, you know, they'll start exploring those avenues. And they're probably having, you know, words behind the scenes with other clubs and other agents saying if this one doesn't go through, then, you know, you are next in line. Um, because, you know, he needs another striker and he wants another striker and that's the important thing and he'll get one regardless. Michael Beale also talked about outgoings as well, uh, talking about Scott Wright, who's on his way to Turkey to discuss uh, terms with Pendix Sport and also discussed Glenn Kamara as well. I think Scott's at an age where he wants to go and play regularly. I can't guarantee that. He's good enough to play and he probably feels that he spent a lot of time here trying to get into the team. So that gives him a chance to speak to one or two people and, and make some decisions for himself. There's been quite a few inquiries for Glenn. Unfortunately, Glenn, we gave him an extended break uh, due to his international stuff in the summer. And unfortunately, he's, um, he's been ill the last few days. So he didn't come to Germany with us. He's due to return to training in the coming days. And... That would be ongoing, the speculation.
Yeah, he's saying there's you know a lot of interest in Glenn Kamara. The way he's talking there, it maybe seems as if Glenn Kamara's time at Rangers is up. He, he didn't feature much under Michael Beale last season, which I think was a surprise to a few people just given his importance when Michael Beale was there first time round. But Rangers have spent money this transfer window. They look like they're wanting to spend more money as well. It's going to have to be balanced out somehow and maybe Glenn Kamara is, is one of the pieces of that jigsaw. Yeah, well, first, you know, he's obviously Scott Wright looks like he's definitely, you know, going to be leaving the football club. And, and like you said there, things have to be balanced out, but not only financially, but in terms of numbers. You know, all managers like to work with a certain amount of numbers, you know, within the first team squad, within first team training sessions. And the last thing you want is five, six, seven you know, senior professionals having to go to the B squad and train because it doesn't create for a good atmosphere. Um, one thing that I did take from that was the last word, you know, that, that these things will continue and the talk will continue and the speculation will continue. You know, that's one thing I did take from what Michael Beale said there because at this moment in time, as he said, Glenn Kamara is ill, but there's a lot of speculation around it, um, you know, with him, you know, leaving the club, there has been inquiries, but at this moment in time, it seems to me that's all it is. Um, if Glenn Kamara was going to remain at the club, then Michael Beale will use him as he sees fit. Um, but I think there's, you know, speculations probably outweighing what's actually really happening behind the scenes. Yeah, and if Glenn Kamara was struggling to get into the team last season, there was the emergence of Cantwell and Raskin towards the second half of the season. Kieran Dowell is in there now. There's also Jose Cifuentes, who may well come in as well. John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack look as if they'll play a good part this season because they started again last night. So, as you say, it really is a numbers game, isn't it? Yeah, it is a numbers game, definitely. And from the players' point of view, is is you have to back yourself. You know, regardless of how many midfielders there, if you believe that you are the number one midfielder, if you're playing at the top of your game, then then that's what you are. Um, you know, and I'm sure, Glenn, you know, we've seen him play some games for Rangers extremely well. You know, he, he is extremely talented midfielder, probably different to what they, they do have at this moment in time. I think he'll be the first to probably admit that his form did dip a little bit and then he was kind of in and out. But if he can get back to the old Glenn Kamara, you know, the one that was at the top of his game, then he gives Michael Beale a headache and a welcome headache, by the way, because he has something different. Um, he's somebody, you know, you can trust in there. He's played in big games. But, you know, it's obviously up to, to Michael Beale and Glenn what they decide to do going forward. But if he does remain at the club, then, you know, the challenge is there and it's whether you accept it or not, really. Well, still plenty of time to get involved. 01419511025. But before the break, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Cash Register. Clyde won. Well, I don't know if you heard the call earlier on, but Leanne was being stared at by everyone at work when she got the Cash Register call from Gary Spence, but it was all worth it to win more than £43,000. No, no, no. I still think it's a joke. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, she was a student until recently, so that's going to scoosh the student loan and will leave plenty for a holiday and to treat our dogs as well. And now it's your chance to win £44,444 tomorrow when we make the next call. But you need to be in the draw. Enter now. Text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get a call from us after 3pm tomorrow, answer it within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or calls. 0330 calls are charged at the standard rate it's over 18s only and all the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website so text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £44,444 good luck Tackle the headlines 0141 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard 
into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley in the studio with me, Andrew McLean. Still time for you to get involved as well. 01419511025 or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Of course, there were a lot of big League Cup group fixtures last night. Marvin, you were involved in those. Uh, an interesting one, a three-all draw against Motherwell. You happy at how you competed against the Premiership side? Yeah, definitely. And that, that was a thing that we spoke about before the game, you know, to the players that we, we want to be competitive and we want to go out there and test ourselves against a Premier League team. And not only the players, but also, you know, me and my staff. And, you know, we did that definitely, as I said, you know, to draw 3-3 and unfortunately lost on penalties. But, you know, within that game, we, we had a few opportunities and, and so did they, to be honest. Um, but, you know, some of the way passages of play that we played were, were absolutely fantastic. And, you know, some of the things we've been trying to embed over pre-season, we saw in a competitive game against, you know, probably the best team that we'll play this season. You've obviously made a lot of changes this summer. How much more... Did you learn from that game last night than you have from the last few weeks of pre-season when it's been training and friendly matches? Yeah, it's probably the first game we've gone into where, you know, the most important thing in the week had been that game or the seven days leading up to it had been, had been that game. Um, so what I did learn is that the boys are in a very, very good place. Um, you know, that their fitness levels are high and probably a little bit higher than I thought they would be. And there's still room for improvement and they will get improvement because it's expected from them um, and it's needed. But yeah, listen, I learned a lot of things and also, you know, a few things that we could do better. And that's the important thing, whether it's a Premier League team or not, I don't care. There's certain things that we'd worked on in training and we showed them the video of it and we didn't execute in the game. So, you know, we went over those things again today, they'll be off tomorrow, but then Friday morning we'll be touching on that again. Is there a feeling that could be a big point as well? Because that's obviously going to be the toughest game you play on paper, certainly against, you know, the rest of the teams in your group and to be able to get a point from it is big. Yeah, phony football is played on paper, right? So, you know, we, we play Elgin on Saturday away and that, that now is our biggest game. And, you know, the Motherwell game's gone because, like you said, we've got the point. Nobody can take it away from us. But come Saturday, we can lose those three points if, we, if you know, if we're not on our game or whatever else. So, yeah, listen, it was the biggest game because it was the next game. But now that's, that's in the past. You know, all the positives from that mean absolutely nothing if we don't go and perform Saturday. And I want to see the positive things we did on, on Tuesday again on Saturday, but also the things we didn't do correctly. I want to see them improved as well. A few other results caught the eye as well. I think a lot of people were looking for a reaction from Dundee United, just given that defeat to Spartans and the aftermath of it as well at the weekend. It looked as if it started out well for them as well going ahead, but you know, losing 2-1 at home to Partick. This all, yes, a team that's in their division, but it's not what the supporters would have wanted to see after that game on Saturday. Yeah, and it's not what Jim would have wanted to see either. You know, we played Dundee United in a behind-closed-door game and, you know, like you said, they've gone into their first two League Cup games and they've got two defeats. And, and it's crazy, isn't it? Because already people are starting to talk about pressure on a manager who's just signed a two-year contract. And, and I feel for him because it's so early in the season. You know, it's still, you know, a few years ago, there's still been pre-season games you were playing at this point and he's trying to get his players up to speed. But everyone's in the, in the same boat and that's what the fans will say. But... You know, hopefully they just show a little bit of patience because the players will be feeling the pressure right now. You know, Jim will be feeling the pressure. We all saw the scenes after the kind of the Spartan games and it's just a passionate man who's trying to get things right there and he will get things right, I'm sure of it. Um, but yeah, listen, you know, those two defeats don't sit well at all. And as he said, you know, there's six points to play for and they need to win both of those games. Can they qualify? No, six points isn't going to be enough. But in order for them to go into the season, which I think they play our both on the Friday night, you know, the first fixture, they need to get two two victories in these next two games and then go into the league with a little bit of confidence. Because people will talk about that early pressure. Stephen Robinson felt that at St Mirren last season when they didn't get out of their League Cup group but ended up having a very good season. But that early pressure can also go the other way. You look at what happened with Jack Ross, you look at what yeah. happened with Graham Alexander last season as well. So Jim Goodwin will be 
you know, desperate to make sure that they can really start putting in the performances and getting the results. Yeah, of, of course. And, you know, the, the, the difference that Jim has is that, you know, unfortunately for him, Dundee United are relegated, you know, at the end of last season when he was the manager. So already there's there's a pressure of how are you going to bounce back, you know, expecting, you know, as fans do, you know, a lot of changes. I want to see a different change in kind of the style of play and I want to see this and I want to see that. But the most important thing is they want to see victories. And in these first two League Cup games, they haven't seen that. So, yes, those other managers that you're talking about were under pressure and unfortunately, you know, lost their jobs. But I I think for Jim, he knew that they need to start this League Cup campaign well and they haven't. He's an experienced manager and, you know, he'll be ready to turn that around and he will turn it around. But these next two games, he's going to want two wins and not only two wins, two big performances. Spartans, maybe a a team to keep an eye on in League Two this season because they had that result on Saturday. They... You know, we're close to getting a point against Falkirk as well. I think it was the 88th minute that Ross yeah. McKeever ended up getting the winner for Falkirk, but not a bad start to life in the SPFL for them. Yeah, not a bad start at all. And Spartans are a team that, you know, I'd watched a few of their games last season because, you know, that a couple of their players I know from, from being at Hibs and you know, they play football in the right way. You know, that they're really well drilled and, you know, credit to the manager and to the players because for a part time team, it's difficult for them. Um, but yeah, as I said, you know, I wasn't at all surprised that they started kind of their League Cup campaign and being competitive in both games. Obviously, winning the first one was definitely a shock against Dundee United, but I knew they would be competitive. And like you said, you know, Falkirk having to wait to the 88th minute to get a winner. So no, it's been a brilliant start, uh, start for Spartans. And, you know, they'll be hoping again, can I get another couple of victories and, you know, go through. Well, let's go back to the phones. Bill is a Celtic fan in Jordan Hill. Bill, what did you take from that friendly match today? Uh, a little bit, not an awful lot. I, I, I can understand Martin saying, uh, Marvin saying that uh, the players will be short of match fitness and one thing or another. Uh, that's all well and good. I don't think goalkeepers come into that category. And I think uh, Joe Hart at the first goal was absolutely shocking. Um, the three goals that we Celtic lost initially were all through uh, errors of one description or another. Hart for the first one, Kobayashi for not... Uh, not following uh, the guy coming in, and uh, Starfelt for the for the second one, for the third one rather. Um, I thought I thought uh, one or two of the players I thought performed very well. I thought Maeda was uh, Maeda was brilliant. I thought uh, uh, Abada was very good. Um, but I think there's a, a definite need for replacing some of the players. Uh, we definitely need a goalkeeper in. I've mentioned the name of Gunn before, and I think either getting him in loan or buying him would be good because it would add to the number of Scottish players uh, in the pool that you would need for Europe. Uh, right back is a definite where we need to bring someone in. Alistair Johnson, we don't know how long it will be really before he'll be back, and we need someone in there. Max Johnson's available on a free, uh, you need to pay development money for them. Pay it, pay it. But we badly need a centre-half in as well because Kobayashi is just not up to it and neither is Bernabe playing at left-back. I think most of the trouble, and once we'd made a, 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 almost a change in the whole, the whole number of players that were on the park, uh, and that was, that was evident later on in the game when when they brought under players and they're, they're obviously much fitter. Well, Bill, I'll, I'll put those to, to Marvin there because, you know, Bill clearly not happy with what he saw defensively from Celtic today. But Celtic fans will now look on with intrigue to see how, you know, they, they develop defensively across their next few pre-season matches. 
Yeah, they will. And, and as I said, you know, I said it earlier on, you know, when we're speaking about kind of, you know, the defensive display by Celtic today, it, it's something that they will improve on. Um, you know, Bill would mention about, you know, Joe Hart and you're thinking you know, it doesn't make any difference for goalkeepers. They should the mental come. fitness, a, a big thing as well, yeah, that sharpness. And getting your eye back in as well, you know, listen, they're, they're trying to say balls that are fired at them from all different angles at all different paces. And yes, Joe Hart would have had a break like everybody else during the summer and he'll be getting his eye back in. It'd be very, very different from now to the start of the season. That's all the players that you saw, you saw play today. Um, the individual errors as a manager you don't really worry about. If they're structural errors, then you're, you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, you know, too many people are out of position. If it's one player making a mistake and you can see the goal, it's one of those things you're like, right, you know, I know that will be ironed out. But if it's two, three, four mistakes and all of a sudden maybe it's a little bit more of a worry. Um, in terms of bringing players in, Bill, there's, you know, we sp- spoke about managers and the numbers that they want to work with. You know, you bring in another goalkeeper, that's four senior goalkeepers, you know, all of a sudden that Celtic have. Um, I think somebody mentioned earlier on in the calls to bring in two centre-halves, but you know, that takes you to five, six centre-backs as well, you know. And you know Cameron Carter-Vickers is going to start, so if you're a centre-back kind of worth your crush, you're not going to want to come in and you know, sit behind another maybe four centre-halves. Well, thank you very much to Bill. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. Of course, making that Max Johnson suggestion as well. It looks as if he's maybe off to Sturm Graz. That one might be finalised in the next few weeks. But thank you very much for listening in and your calls and tweets tonight. Thank you very much to Marvin Bartley in the studio as well. Loads to get through this week, so make sure to join me tomorrow night. I'll be back in the studio, 6 o'clock. Gordon DL will be alongside me. But stay right there because Amber is up next. She's got songs from The weekend and Ed Sheeran.